When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I'm Jamie Mutter. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. We are not letting off the gas in this 1980s powerhouse. No. In fact, if you were driving your 1989 fastest car of 1989, the Pontiac Trans Am, chances are you were suddenly blaring this song. So if you drove a Trans Am, you were cool, and you didn't want to maybe know of the world that you listened to this bombshell of a song with a cool animated cat, Rob, I don't have a clue how I'm going to transition out of this, so let's <laughs> Skid into this track and tell them what song we're talking about today. This powerhouse of a song. This is Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul featuring the Wild Pair and MC Scat Cat. On the rap, so Mike, it here's a little story, and you're sure to like it. Yeah, the slot and a plenty cool with my homegirl, Paula. That's Opposites Attract by Paula Abdul featuring the Wild Pair and MC Scat Cat. We're gonna we're gonna subdivide all that stuff here oh, in just man. a minute. But that I- MC Scat fact. MC MC <laughs> Scat Cat fact. Pardon? Is important. It is very important. Because Rob, tell them who we're talking with afterwards. So MC Scat Cat is actually can be divided into three real people. <laughs> And we're going to talk to one of them. We're going to talk to Marv Gunn, a.k.a. One Gun, a.k.a. Half of the Wild Pair, a.k.a. One-third of MC Scat Cat. Oh, there we go. I love that so much. <laughs> and we're going to make all that make sense here in just a little bit. Uh, opposites attract from the 1988 album Forever Your Girl, written by Oliver Lieber, who I'm going to break tradition today and start with. Okay. okay. Normally, I get into like chart information Charts, and theory. all that stuff. We'll get into all that later, but I want to start with Oliver Lieber, the writer okay. of this song, because it's so important to the story of this song and to the story of Paula Abdul's career. It's crazy. First of all, Oliver Lieber produced Forever Your Girl. Uh, that's the album that this was on. He also wrote the title track Forever Your Girl and wrote It's Just the Way That You Love Me. So three of Paula's massive hits. Yeah. He also has production credits on stuff by Rod Stewart, Foreigner, The Coors, Gary Wright, The Knack, Ambrosia, uh, and film credits on stuff like Mission Impossible 2, Lady in the Water, and others. So I'm going to call this part a story about how gassing up and supporting your friends can have massively awesome consequences. Okay. All right. So uh, Oliver Lieber found himself in the Minneapolis music scene in the 80s and buddied up with Prince Protégé St. Paul, a.k.a. Paul Peterson. Oliver had given St. Paul a cassette demo of It's Just the Way That You Love Me on which St. Paul had played, and St. Paul had it on him when he flew to L.A. to record the video for his debut single, Rich Man. Okay, we following? While on set, he gets to talking to the choreographer. Are you catching on? She was saying she wanted to make a record, and she'd gotten signed by Virgin Records, and she loved Minneapolis funk. Well, 
he plays her this demo that he played on. She loves the song. She plays it for Virgin, and Virgin calls Oliver Lieber. Are you a producer? Let me tell you, I don't care how much you doubt yourself. If a record company calls you and says, a new artist, love your song, and are you a producer? The answer is yes. You say with your whole chest, yes, absolutely, I am a producer. And that's what Oliver Lieber did, even though at that point his only production credits included the demo of that song that St. Paul gave Paula. He did the old Bud Light thing. Are you Mr. Uh, You're Coach Kuzawuski? Yes. Yes, I (laughs) am. Yes, I am. That's right. I'm Mr. Gally Weekish. You mean Dr. Galakowitz? That's right. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, I am. So... Uh, Paula and <laughs> Paula and an A and R rep from Virgin flew to Minnesota to meet Oliver, and he borrowed a studio to look more legit. Oh, I love and that. And the rest is history. Um, the other tidbit is that Oliver Scott had, Hundley, I need your help right now. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> the other tidbit is that Oliver had actually turned down a chance for Shaka Khan to cut. It's just the way that you love me because he had received the following piece of advice that it was better to get a hit with an unknown artist because people are more likely to check out the production and go, oh, who did this? You know what I mean? Okay. And the writing credits and stuff like that versus somebody that's already had a bunch of hits and whatever. It just becomes, yeah. oh, that's the next Shaka Khan song, right? Yeah, that's um, good. But if it's something new, people are more likely to take. be like, I need to check this out. So he turned down Shaka Khan hoping that he could get a new artist hooked with this song and it all worked. Uh, another really cool side note for Oliver Lieber his dad was half of a truly legendary writing team. Do you know this? Uh, go ahead and tell me. Okay. His his dad was Jerry Lieber, uh, and Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller partnered together as songwriters for over 60 years, beginning in 1950, and wrote literally some of the biggest hits in pop music history. Okay, let's name a few. Stand By Me, Benny King. Okay. On Broadway. Yakety Yak, Charlie Brown, Along Came Jones, Goodness all the hits gracious. for the coasters. Yeah. Kansas City, the Wilbert Harrison tune that became a, a hit as basically two different songs, both for him and for Little Richard and, oh yeah, the Beatles. Um, Goodness gracious. Here's one. A couple little ditties that got cut by a kid named Elvis. Hound Dog, Jailhouse Rock, Santa Claus is Back in Town, and tr- Trouble, T-R-O-U-B-L-E. Goodness gracious. The list goes on and on and on. Love Potion number nine. I Keep Forgetting. Uh, stuck in the middle with you. These guys wrote what? The I mean, heck? absolute legendary duo. And so Oliver Lieber is the son okay. of Jerry Lieber, half of Lieber and Stoller. Like, so he's like, Dad, where can I like? Yeah, find me a place. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Dude, that's um, great. Th- you should check out their website just to see. They literally have a website together as a, as a writing duo. That's I think smart. it's LieberStoller.com. Um, and they have their whole like Few story. More visits history. than Ali Mosier, maybe yeah, in its time. Maybe that, so. that's awesome. Yeah, and so that is sort of the foundation of the album forever your girl that launched paula abdul's career right that interesting story of how one guy who played on this demo like gassed up his friend when he met paula abdul and she was like i like minneapolis funk and he's like oh tell me what you think about this right gave him gave her the demo you know what i mean so it's like and i'm yeah there's a little what's in it for me too probably but it was really just to benefit his friend you know anyway that's awesome that's great that's fantastic i hope that happens for every single one of y'all listening that's good uh all right now let's dig into the song a little bit okay it It went to number one we're talking about opposites attract it went to number one on the billboard hot 100 number three on the hot r&b slash hip-hop songs that's two really different charts that doesn't happen often where you have a song that's top of the charts in hip-hop and top of the hot 100 um happens more often now than it used to but in 88 that was unheard of yeah number seven on the u.s dance singles charts number 24 on the u.s dance club songs number 45 on the usac chart it's huge it went to number two in the uk vogue by madonna was number one um and uh, it went to number one in australia canada retail canada top singles canada contemporary hit radio and canada dance urban and top five a bunch of other places and here's the first time I recall seeing this. Opposites Attract went to number 14 on the 1990 Billboard Hot 100 chart and number 40 on the 1990 Hot R&B Hip Hop chart. That's for the entire year. So for the whole year of 1990, it was number 14 on the Hot 100 and number 40 on the on the R&B Hip Hop chart. Um, first time I've... I think I've seen a song land on more than one year-end chart like that, which can only mean one thing, by the way. This song is number 351 hey! on the Billboard. All-time, 600. 
That's good. Right above Viva La Vida and okay. right below Drop It Like It's Hot by Okay. Snoop. All right. That's good company to yeah. be around. I'm happy with that. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, the single, just the single, is certified gold in the U.S. and Canada, silver in the U.K., and platinum in Australia. Just the single. Wow. Okay. Um, that means it sold more than 500,000 copies in the U.S. I can't remember what's, what uh, what gold is in Canada. Um, but anyway. It's less. It's Yeah, it's it's lower in a lot of other countries than it is in the U.S. But anyway, huge numbers just on, just on sales of the single yeah. alone. And the mix of the single, which is what I played us, uh, is significantly different than the album mix. Um, and Oliver Lieber explained what happened. He said, I'm going to quote him. This is a long quote, but it's worth it. He said, quote, I second-guessed that track so much, and when I came to L.A., I got together with the keyboard player, Jeff Lorber. I had him replace my bass line, my clavinet part, and my drum programming. So I had Lorber replace what I had done because I had just totally lost confidence on it. So if you listen to the album version of Opposites Attract, that's with Jeff Lorber's replacement parts on some of what I did. So let's, let me play you a little bit of that. This is the album version. And obviously, we have no rap here. Yeah, okay, we'll get we'll get into that. But it's a <clears throat> it's a different mix. It doesn't feel wildly different, but it's it doesn't hit quite as hard, right? The other one's um, a little thicker. Yeah. And so he said, if you listen to the album version, um, that's with Jeff. So a year or so down the line, when it's coming to be a single, they call me up and ask me if I would do a remix for a single. Well, now that Paula was a huge star, I wasn't worried about all the things that I was worried about before this album came out. I kind of heard it with different ears. And when I put up the original tracks that I'd done, I went. That's pretty good. It was funkier and heavier and more open than, one, than what I ended up doing with Jeff. I love Jeff, and I basically forced him to play a bunch of parts that were in the style of a record he played on before. I was like, I love what you did on this record. Do this on Opposites. It wasn't his fault, but when I put up the original tracks, I went, there's my remix, and it was what I had originally done. So the single version that was a hit, that's my original track. It wasn't broken. I had just lost confidence in it. And he's a first-time producer, awesome. and... And he's trying to bring along this artist. It's Virgin Records. It's a it's a big deal. Um, and so he just kind of got in his head about it, and and you know ends up using his original tracks as the remix. You don't hear about that much where people go backwards and take so you know go back to originals. I, yeah, I can't say I've ever heard that. Yeah, no, it's my. Um, you do hear a lot of stuff like we talked about with the Verve Pipe, where they recorded the same song yeah. a bunch of different times to try and find the right until they found the right mm-hmm. vibe, you know. But yeah, going back to like, oh, it turns out I had it right to begin yeah. with, you know. Uh, but that's interesting. I wonder if people really noticed. I'm sure they noticed the lack of the rap. Yeah, that's right? pretty obvious. Yeah, um, I wonder how many people noticed that but the do mix you hear the mix any different was different. on the radio driving down the road. You may not as much because it's you're not as focused on that. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, good, that's good thought. Interesting. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about the artists. Unless you have, unless you have, want to interject here. Well, we can go ahead and meet the band. Okay, you want to meet the band? The yeah, let's do that, and then we'll talk about Paula. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the man. Hey, mama, let's meet the man. Let's all meet the band. Hey! And the wild pair. And the scat cat. Got to dissect all that. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about the band that played on this and did things on this. Uh, and I'll save the wild pair slash scat cat, all that stuff till the end. Okay. Um, so that we can can take that where that lands. On vocals, I mean, we could talk about this girl forever. Paula Abdul, lead vocals. Forever your girl. Forever your girl. Background vocals. She does a lot of vocally stuff on that. And we'll talk a little bit more on that here in a minute. But So where to start? How about uh, the f- four singles from this album? Yeah. I mean, that's enough right there. Forever your girl, straight up, cold hearted, opposites track. I mean, you do that and you're set like it doesn't matter what you do from here on you're good she began her career at 18 as a choreographer and head laker girl now this is 80s lakers so this is my era Showtime lakers prime lakers magic kareem she then choreographed videos for janet jackson nasty in control uh more recently a judge on american idol from 2002 to 2009 also a judge on x factor and so you think you can dance so paula abdul anything you want to touch on with paula abdul you know something else she choreographed she first of all she choreographed the Jackson's Victory Tour. She got that's where she got discovered as as a choreographer. Okay, is she was eighteen when she joined the Laker Girls, and within a year she became their head choreographer. At a Lakers game, she got noticed by the Jacksons, 
And they asked her to choreograph Janet's videos, and then she ends up choreographing the Jackson's Victory Tour. But she also choreographed, uncredited apparently, uh, the big piano scene in the movie Big. With, oh, shut up with Tom Hanks dance yeah. and the that's all. Yeah, that's apparently great. that's Paula Abdul doing choreography in that oh, scene. Oh man, that's really cool. Yeah, that's good. What is it they play? It's not Chopsticks, is it? Is Heart and Soul. Heart and Soul. Heart yeah. and Soul. I think yeah, yeah. Like that. That's cool. Um, Ryder, you talked a lot about Oliver, so Ryder, producer, drum programmer, keyboards, guitar, a lot on that. So you covered him uh, e- extensively, very well. On bass, St. Paul Peterson, who we talked about, about. In the bands, The Family and The Time with Morris Day. The Family with Jelly Bean Johnson had a hit, uh, Nothing Compares to You, that Sinead O'Connor made pretty big. Yeah, Sin Eid, Sin Bald, yeah. whatever. Sinbad O'Connor. Yeah, Sinbad O'Connor. Um, on guitar, Dan Huff. Oh, wow. Yes. Play guitar on this album uh credited the track on this it's kind of it gets kind of noisy on okay. who gets all the credit but he uh-huh. played on this so anytime i can talk about dan huff i'm yeah. going to yeah um dan huff's got a newer project out so i know i've not talked about it go to um giant is coming back and doing some stuff okay so they have a new project go to uh, never die young by giant I haven't played this one because it. They actually started doing this one in 2021. Okay, so it's it's uh, fairly new. Uh, go to minute 159 of Never Die Young and let's hear some Dan Huff just for me. Wow, uh, love it. New giant. Who new knew? Giant. Here's oh. 151. Hold on to your butts, kids. Man, that makes JP so happy. That young man's got a bright future. <laughs> that's right. If, that's great. That's good. He's <laughs> young man's got a that's my favorite line of the day. Um, additional mixing. Keith Casey Cohen uh, mixing at Skip Sailor Studio in Los Angeles. He's done Kylie Minogue, Sheena Easton, Prince. But let's do a little heartstrings for a minute. He mixed the Harbor Lights album. <gasps> Talk of the town, oh. rainbows, Cadillac. Play a little rainbows, Cadillac, just because. Fields of Grey is my favorite from that, but let's keep yeah. it up tempo. Let's play. Let's play some rainbows, Cadillac. While we're just touching on different meet the bandness. This is a. Uh, this is Keith Casey Cohen mixing this little jewel. Mm. This is Bruce Hornsby, by the way. I don't think we actually said. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Fantastic album, Harbor Lights. Yeah, I love, love it. it. Anyway, it's good stuff. Um, engineers, lots. Pete Martinson, Russell Bratcher. We talked about Jeff Lorber, Cliff Jones. Um, so lots of engineer credit. Okay, I want to spend a minute on background vocals because this is an interesting thing. Uh, Yvette Marine and Patty Brooks were listed as background vocals. Okay, but hang on, For just the a album. Se- but hang on just a second. Okay, Yvette sued Virgin, saying she was never getting co-lead vocal credits. So she went to court. I'll try to explain it here in a minute. Long and short, Paula won. Now, this wasn't a case of Millie Vanilli where, like, a vet was saying, Paula wasn't singing, that was me. Uh She was just singing, I sang background vocals on that and never got credit. Well, she didn't win the case, so take that for what it's worth. So, background vocal, maybe, question. So, that's a debate. Was she arguing that maybe she was Paula's double? No, she was saying that she sang some of the background vocal parts and that she was now... Patty Brooks gets a little credit, uh-huh. but she's saying, hey, I was in there, too, uh-huh. singing some of those background vocals, okay. and they're like, she never won. She's like, yeah. I was there singing it, but huh. anyway, that's that's an interesting little story. Weird, yeah. Um, and then the wild pair, yeah. um, Bruce and Marvin, we can talk about. I'll let you take it from there. I do want to mention one thing about the rap done by Derek Stevens, even though uh, Romani Malco actually wrote it, and we yes. talk a little about that in the interview, uh, Rome's from Million Little Things. So anyway, take it from there, and you can talk as much about the wild pair, however you want to take that. Okay, all right, yeah. Here's here's my stuff on 
Paula, the wild pair, MC Scat Cat, all that stuff. Um, a few more tidbits on Paula. She is one of the highest charting female artists of all time as far as the number of number one hits. She has six number one it's hits. Amazing. Four off this album alone. Um, what are the other two? Do you write them down? Uh, they would be uh, Rush Rush, Rush, Rush yeah. and uh, Promise Bound. of a New Day. I don't know that one. I don't Promise think. of a New Day. Maybe. <laughs> Anyway, it's another up tempo. Rush, 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 Rush is uh, awesome. That Spellbound album's just as it's good. Yeah. It doesn't have it's not packed full of charting singles that you'll know, but it feels great. She oh, doesn't have she didn't have a lot of hit ballads, but Rush, Rush is a great ballad. And uh, Keanu Reeves in the video. I don't know if you remember that, but uh, young young Keanu, Bill and Ted era. Yeah, Keanu that's good. Um, she was I one of the. About go ahead. Will. I forgot about that that mm. he was in. The- she was uh, one of the original American Idol judges, and she's often characterized, you know, as like the nice one. You had mm-hmm. as the sort of anti Simon, Simon Cowell, yeah. who was like the mean one. Yeah. And Paula was characterized as the nice one, the encouraging one. And opposites attract writer uh, Oliver Lieber had something to say about that. He said when Paula and her A and R rep from Virgin came to him. It was just Paula's second time in the studio, and her first had been with a notable producer, uh, and apparently it was an awful experience. The guy basically told her, get out, you can't sing, I'll do what I can with what we have and try and salvage a usable track. You suck, quit, and go back to dancing. That's crazy. I like her voice. I think it's good. So they were very cautious because she had been hurt by that, mm-hmm. knowing that she didn't have the strongest voice already. Yeah. She's she's not a Mariah Carey. Yeah, no, she's but, not a Whitney Houston. But it's you know? good. Um, I mean, it's fine. I don't. So I don't not like it. Not not like it. Do you? It's so basically what you have with with Paula was. Um, I think she was signed because the the record company saw something that they could package that they could sell, right? Because of the look, because of the look, she was she was signed. I don't I don't think it even had much to do with her vocals. Mm-hmm. It was I think they kind of went to her and go, "Can you sing?" Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And she went, "Yes, yes. I can. Yes, you know? I can." Just ask my buddy Oliver. Who, yeah, uh, he'll tell and, you to say yes to yeah. everything. Yeah. And she and she can sing, but she doesn't have it's a not powerhouse. Vocal. She doesn't have a strong voice, and so most of the time, almost literally all the time, when you hear Paula Abdul's vocals, doubled. you're always hearing them doubled, yeah. which is a way to get around someone having a thinner voice yeah. or maybe Pitch. not having a, a vocal, you know, quality that is like, you know, really outstanding. And so basically what happens is it takes you, you, you put these two vocal tracks on top of each other and the imperfections of each one sort of cancel out and make a, a blend that sounds stronger and it sounds more on pitch than either it's home, one it's would alone. chorus, basically, is what yeah, it's doing. Exactly. So for those of you guitar players that use a chorus pedal, yeah, uh, because vocal. you can't, you can't accurately duplicate a performance. You just can't. If you tried to sing the same line ten times and laid them on top of each other, there would be little nuances in each one. You know, even if you thought I nailed it, there would be little tiny differences. And so those little differences can help actually to strengthen the sound of your voice. And so that's what is done all the time with with Paula um, to strengthen her voice. So they were very careful with Oliver and Oliver was very patient with her. And he said that he, as a first time producer went over the top to do whatever he could to get the best takes and composites possible because he wants to make a great record. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he took as much time and as many sessions as necessary being patient. And he thinks that Paula is the way she is on American Idol and these other shows because of her initial experience That's with good. the music industry, that she is being the way that she wishes that that producer had been with her, gentle, encouraging, like patient, that. you know, I that like kind that. of thing. Um, she also received choreography credits in numerous films, including Can't Buy Me Love. This is, this is all from Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, Can't Buy Me Love, Running Man. Uh, Coming to America, Action Jackson, The Doors, Jerry Maguire, American Beauty. She received 17 MTV Video Music Award nominations, winning five, as well as receiving the Grammy Award for Best Music Video for Opposites Attract in 1991. She received the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Choreography twice for her work on The Tracy Ullman Show. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that show. You the, liked it, right? The Tracy Ullman no, Show, yeah, I remember I, from when I was a kid. Okay. And Tracy Ullman, British comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tracy Ullman Show is actually probably more famous now for what it launched than the show itself. It was the birthplace of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 
the Simpsons were on there as like a little uh, animated short, mm-hmm. and they be- got their own show. And- Man, it's so it's so neat to watch the advancement of the Simpsons from yeah. where it was there with yeah. their graphics versus how it no is kidding. now. No kidding. Go look up a clip, not even from like Simpsons season one, but look up the Simpsons the on the Tracy, Tracy Ullman show. show. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, and then her own performance at the music uh, American Music Awards in 1990. Paula was honored with her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and is the first entertainer to be honored with the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards Hall of Fame That's award. awesome. Good job. That fits exactly right. Yeah. Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Hall of Fame. Yeah. Th- for that era, like, mm. you remember Nickelodeon was like. It was the stuff. Dude, Nickelodeon was it. It. It was So like, orange. So so much orange and green. Uh, she orange was nominated for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance in 1989, validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it actually went to Bonnie Raitt for Nick of Time. I'm okay with that. Yeah. She's also won multiple American Music Awards for Favorite Pop Rock Artist and Favorite Dance Artist, People's Choice Awards for Favorite Female Musical Performer, and a 2003 Teen Choice Award for Choice TV Reality Babe. Okay. Uh, so well, that's the post uh, during the American Idol run there. All right, here we go. Here's MC Scat Cat and the Wild Pair. Let's let's get into all this. Okay, so what you have here, like I said earlier, MC Scat Cat is the cartoon cat in the video. Okay, and in the video, it it all comes together as one thing, right? It's like a Roger Rabbit thing, cartoon interacting with real people, and so you just go, okay, that's one guy, but it's not. It's really three guys. Um, <clears throat> MC Scat Cat is composed of. Two guys who called themselves the Wild Pair, and that would be they were a, a vocal duo, and that's the vocal duo of Marvin Gunn and Bruce DeShazer uh, on duet vocals. And then the rap was actually done by Derek Stevens, as you said, who was also known as Delight. Marv and Bruce, aka the Wild Pair, also sang BGVs on Forever Your Girl, and it's just the way that you love me. They're all over this record. Uh, and they had another top 40 hit with Stacey Earle that was a duet. So it's kind of funny the idea that this song is a duet with three people. With three with yeah. three people. It was originally And a rapper. Yes. So and it was originally written as not a duet at all. Uh it was originally written as sort of a I say potato, you say potato, right? Kind of thing. It was, you know, I like uh, I I don't like cigarettes, you like to smoke. You know, the, the lines would have come out that way. But then they had had the idea, let's do it with a duet. So two guys are singing the the duet lines. They are also doubled in the same way that Paula is, but it's actually two different guys, okay? Um, and you've got uh, Marv's uh, vocals kind of out front as like, the, you know, the, the main thing. Then you've got Derek Delight Stevens on the rap vocals, Um the Wild Pair had been part of a group called Maserati, and I think uh, Marv is going to talk about that some. Yeah, you guys are going to like hanging out with him. He was, he was so oh, cool. Yeah, he was great. In terms fun. of coolest people we've ever talked to, <laughs> like this guy's up there. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were it's like Minneapolis Prince Funk Family Tree, um, including original Revolution bassist Brown Mark. Derek Delight Stevens performed the rap, but it was written, as you said, uh, primarily by a guy named Romney Malco with some initial input from Oliver Lieber. Now, Romney Malco is a whole other story. You may know him as an actor now. He plays the character Rome Howard on A Million Little Things. He was in The Love Guru, Baby Mama, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is what I knew him from. I was like, who is that guy? I was like, oh, the guy from 40-Year-Old Virgin, and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah, and he also played MC Hammer in the VH1 original movie, Too Legit, The MC Hammer Story. Oh, yes. Romney Malco. (laughs) Um, So that guy is the guy that wrote the rap that became MC Scat Cat's part in this. Um, A little bit on the video. Actually, I'm tired of talking. You want to stump the genius? Yeah, let's do it. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, we're going to play stump the genius. So Let's uh, do it. 80% for the season. That's I'm doing right. it. Man, I'm sitting at 70%. I got to raise my average. This one's a little tougher. Okay. So, oh, man. All right. Dreams are getting dashed that's today. Right. So I'm, I'm cheering you on, though. I, I think you'll get some. So here we go. <laughs> I think you'll get some. I know, right? It's not very encouraging. <laughs> Paula was a Laker girl. Yeah. So I'm going with the Laker girl in mind. We're going to name this Laker by his nickname. Okay. Okay. So I okay. think you'll get a few. All right. And I'm, a couple of them I made multiple choice to try to help. I don't know. Here we go. The Black Mamba. That's Kobe Bryant. That's Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Okay. The Captain. The Captain. The Captain. The Captain. Now, are these all from a specific era? No, no. because Kobe's new. I mean, new Newish. era. Newish. Newer than modern this. era. The Captain is from this era. From 
from the Paula okay. era. Is that no? Nope. Nope. Hold on. Captain. Hold on. Don't give me any hints. Don't okay. give me any hints. I want to get okay. it on my own. The captain. Oh, is that Kareem? That's Kareem. Okay, okay. Yes, that makes sense. All right. Ring yeah. the bell. All right. Boom. Two for two. All right. The Big Smooth. And I'm going to give you three choices here. Okay. The Big Smooth. I feel like I'm going to get this. Sam Perkins. Okay. Vladdy Divock. Luke Walton. That's Sam Perkins, That's right? That's Sam yeah. Perkins. Yeah. Oh, okay. my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I'm so impressed right now. Big Game James. That's James Worthy. James yeah. Worthy. Yeah. I cannot believe Come on. This. Come on. I love this. The Diesel. Diesel Shaq. Shaq Diesel. Yeah, yeah, also Superman. Shaq Fu. Yeah. Man, so good. Oh, I love it. I, I didn't I didn't know he had this one. Wilt Chamber Neasy. <laughs> Obviously Shaq Daddy. Did you know this? Osama bin Shaq. What? <laughs> That's one of them on his Yikes. list. I know, right? Okay. That was probably pre-9-11, I'm gonna exactly. guess. Five for five. Yeah. I can't believe Let's this go. happened. It's amazing. Okay. Big shot Rob. Okay, we got three choices. I'll help you. Robert Ori, yeah. Robert Parrish, Robert Swift. Big, okay, it's it's not Robert Parrish. I don't know who Robert Swift is. I'm going Robert Orr. Robert Because he was Big Shot was Rob, big, right? Or big Shot Bob, game, too? Was yeah, he big shot all Bob? the big game yeah. winners. That's Clutch. awesome. One of the clutch uh, players Jordan of history. Jordan and Magic have six, or excuse me, Jordan and Shaq have six rings. Yeah. Magic and Kobe have five. Robert Ory has seven. Wow. Spurs. He was on the Spurs, Spurs teams. Rockets. Yeah. Lakers. Yeah. They're awesome. He was clutch. Uh, Robert Swift, that other guy, was a seven-foot-one guy. He got a $4.4 million contract and only played in 16 games and averaged one point per game. Yikes. Super bust. Maybe the biggest bust in NBA oh, history. Oh, man. How can you be that bad four point, at seven-foot-tall? Seven-foot-one, $4.4 million contract, yeah. one point a game. Wow. Anyway, okay. Last one. Can you run this category? That's an example. You know what happened? You know what happened? That's they're a, like, can they you play basketball? Paul, Paul, and he's like, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, and, and, and they throw him the bed, hits him in the nose. <laughs> and like, exactly. They're like, well, this guy can dance. Can he play basketball? <laughs> anyway, it's funny. Uh, last one. I'd love it if you got 100%. Yeah, last one. Okay. The logo. That's Jerry West. That's Jerry West. Come on. Dude, I'm yeah. so impressed. So impressed with that. Um, some other notables. George Mikan was Mr. Basketball. Yeah. Hot Run Hunley. I was and the like, freak, not, right? He was the freak? I'm not going to give you. No. no, that was. No. Okay. No, I, I, I and I wasn't going to give you Magic Irvin Johnson. I was like, that's too yeah, easy. Yeah, sure, Matt. Yeah. But man, 7% Come wrong. On. I'm super impressed. I'd bring like, my own bell. That Let's one do was it. awesome. Video. Talk about some video. All right. Paula with MC Scat Cat. The coolest animated cat around. Like, we all, how we bad all did we all be, want to be in this guy? Absolutely. Right, I still I mean, do. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Because, um, like, that was even, like, it, it was one thing. It was a little weird to want to be um, Eddie from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Because Jessica Rabbit wasn't real. Yeah. You know exactly, what I mean? Exactly. It was Paul more, Abdul's real. Paul Abdul's very, very yeah, real. Yeah, that's true. All too real. That's right. And so it was okay to want to be MC Scat Cat that's and right. get to dance with Paul Abdul, right? They're like, you're yeah. never going to be able to be with a cartoon, but yeah. if I'm the cartoon, that's right. I can be with that. That's right. I'm going to flip this. I'm the cartoon. I love it. That? So good. Okay. So I'm going to weird. All I'm right. going to flip this. <laughs> Marvin Gunn is listening to like, who are these guys? This I'm is, telling you, I would love to know what some of our guests, we don't thinking, always get to talk to them again after Sometimes that, we do but, afterwards, but, but sometimes they'll send a nice message, hey, I enjoyed this. Sometimes they'll send an message, hey, I enjoyed this, but, <laughs> but some of them, yeah. Anyway, some of them, good. I did not enjoy this. Um, <laughs> so the video won the 1991 Grammy for best short form music video, topping Madonna, Phil Collins, and Sinead O'Connor. Um, it was nominated for six awards at the 1990 MTV Video Music Awards. Uh, the oh, sorry, it was nominated for six awards at the 1990 uh, MTV VMAs. It was nominated for Best Female Video, which went to Sinead O'Connor. Best Dance Video, which went to You Can't Touch This by the aforementioned MC Hammer. Best uh, Breakthrough Video, which went to Tears for Fears for Sowing the Seeds of Love. Best Direction, which went to Vogue. Best Choreography, which went to Rhythm Nation. And Best Special Effects, which also went to Sowing the Seeds of Love. Goodness so, like, gracious. kind of a tough break on the VMAs. Nominated for six, walked away with no wins. Yeah. Um, the animation was completed by a process called rotoscoping, wherein a dancer did the moves in front of a blue screen. So that's a fourth person involved with the MC <laughs> Scat Cat. The animator. Yeah. Uh, no, not the animator. Oh, the, the dancer. The dancer. Right? So that's okay. right. And then the animator animated MC Scat Cat over that footage. Who's the dancer? Do we know that? Uh, well, yes. I only actually share this fact because I wanted to tell you that the dancer's name was Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. <laughs> okay? 
Boogaloo that's a, Shrimp. I should have thrown him in the nickname game. Yeah, yes. Like Michael Boogaloo, Boogaloo Shrimp, Shrimp Chambers. That's awesome. It makes it makes me wonder if he had a part in Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo yeah. Possibly. That's the only yeah. only way I can see you getting that nickname Boogaloo somehow. Shrimp. That's funny. Anyway, Michael Boogaloo Shrimp Chambers. Let's say it one more time. Uh, a little more on the album. It was Forever Your Girl, the most successful debut album in history at the time of its release. It spent 10 weeks atop the Billboard uh, 200. Even the they put out an album of remixes, mm-hmm. and even the remix album went to number seven. That's how huge Goodness this gracious. album was. Uh, it spawned four number one Hot 100 hits, making Paula Abdul just the fourth artist at the time and one of only eight to this day, to have four number one songs from the same album. Do you want to try and guess who some the artists them. were and extra credit for guessing the albums? I mean, but I would... Some of them you can guess. Some of them you can I just... I would think Adele, maybe? No, it's not four number ones. Four, no four ones. Mm-mm. Four number Gu- one hits off the same album. Uh, Guns and Roses, were they on there? Nope. Goodness gracious. That's a, gr- that's a pretty good guess, though. I thought they would have had that one. Um, but not. we're talking about overall Hot 100, right? So Guns and Roses would have been number oh, one rock. rock charts. This is Hot 100, period. And, um Some of them, you just got to think iconic all-time artists. Don't, U2? Don't overthink it. Actually, U2 is not one of them. Goodness gracious. Yeah. I'm second. Madonna. Madonna. Uh, Michael Jackson. No, I'm sorry. No, not Madonna. No Madonna? No, no Madonna. Ah! Man, I'm so bad at this list. Okay, go ahead. Give me right, some, either give through. me a song from the album or something okay. if you got the. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Father Figure. Okay, George Michael. George Michael. Yeah. Faith. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Whitney Houston. Yeah. Whitney. I would have gone Whitney next. Yeah. That was the next guess I had. Okay. Uh, Janet Jackson, Rhythm okay. Nation, yeah, 1814. Yeah. Black Cats on there. Yeah. Uh, Mariah Carey. Mariah. I got to get my girl. Yeah. Which album do you think? It I'm surprised gonna, me. Uh, it's not. Well, then it's not going to be Daydream. It's going to be Music Box. It's going to be Mariah Carey. What? The, the debut, first one? The Some, debut. Okay, let's see. If someday, Visions of Love. Yeah. What are the other two? I don't. I know those two. Love Takes Time. That's, I love that. I Don't Want to Cry. Yeah, like an All went to those. number yeah. one on the yeah. Hot 100. Um, then you I have gotten there eventually. Then okay. you have Usher's Confessions album. I would have never I, gotten there. Uh, yeah. Um, then you've got uh, the the obvious one to me is Michael Jackson's Bad. Yeah, Michael Jackson. Bad had like not Thriller though. Just not but, Thriller. Okay. Uh, and then the most recent one is Katy Perry. She did it on Teenage have Dream. That either. Okay, yeah. Teenage Dream. Do you know the ones that are on? Did you write the songs down from Teenage Dream? Teenage Dream. Uh, it's firework. It's, Does it have firework? It's firework. On it? uh, uh, TGIF. Okay. Um, Teenage Dream and um, Roar. Roar. Is that? One I don't on? think Roar was on Teenage Roar's Dream. Roar's an album in itself. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, I, I can't remember know. what the other one is, but anyway, it was when it was like you couldn't go ten seconds without hearing Katy Perry on the radio. Yeah, it was those. Everybody songs. was wearing cupcakes on their head. <laughs> That's right. That's how I went to uh, church. Um, <laughs> all right. I think that's all I've got as far as research. Uh, if you're good, then we'll go ahead and proceed yeah. to our interview with Marvin Gunn, a.k.a. One Gun, a.k.a. One Half of the Wild Pair, a.k.a. One Third of MC Scat Cat, <laughs> slash maybe One Fourth of MC Scat Cat, if you count the dancer. If you count, if you count Boogaloo, Boogaloo Shrimp. Shrimp. So uh, I want to meet that guy. Dude, that's who we're getting on next week. <laughs> Hang around, we'll be talking Boogaloo Shrimp. That's right. So let's go talk to One Gun, Marvin Gun, uh, and we'll be back at the end to tuck you in. But first, stop what you're doing right now. I see you. It's not worth it anyway. Put that cupcake down. You don't need it. I, pr- I promise I sympathize with you. You don't need it. Let's do something good for ourselves today. Uh, stop what you're doing, and instead of eating a delicious chocolatey cupcake, I think maybe I'm hungry, um, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, and follow us at Great Song Pod. Join the Facebook group. It is called Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly. We have a lot of fun in there and built some great community around the show. And if you want to go the extra step and support the show, be a producer, you can go to patreon.com slash great song pod. And when you do that, if you support the show at any level, we give you all the rewards. Um, we don't discriminate. We don't give like people who send us more money, more stuff. Everybody gets the same thing because we know that different people are able to do different, you know, everybody's at different levels at different times, man. So whatever you can do, we are just grateful to have it. And uh, we will pour upon you, shower upon you, <laughs> blessings and and thank yous and early episodes, extended episodes, bonus stuff you won't get anywhere else. Um, that's if you go to patreon.com slash great song 
pod. All right, we're going to talk to Marvin Gunn, one half of the wild pair who sang on Opposites Attract and the Forever Your Girl album and has just some of the best name dropping and coolest stuff that we've talked to anybody about. So let's go talk to him and then we'll be back in a second. This is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here, as promised, with one gun, uh, half of the wild pair, one third of MC Scat Cat, I guess, um, and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get into all that here in just a minute, but man, thank you so much for joining us today on the Great Song Podcast. Hey, the Great Song Podcast. I'm happy to be here, guys. Let's start with the story of how uh, the wild pair ended up on the Forever Your Girl album, uh, and in particular um, on Opposites Attract, which I understand was kind of a last-minute addition to the album. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, not to my knowledge, but yeah, when I you know kind of read the uh, the after reads, uh-huh. yeah, that's that's what I saw later. But you know, um, well, myself and Tony Christian, known as the Wild Pair back then, we came from uh, Maserati. That's when we finally were. We're done with the Maserati days uh, off of Paisley Park Records. Mm-hmm. And um, we were in the studio, just, you know, you, you, you leave one band and you get out there, you start recording your own music. And um, the producer for Paula, uh, Oliver Lieber, he, I think he was using the same studio going in and out. And a lot of times when you go to a studio or, or you're new, you say, hey, let me hear what you've done. You want to hear the quality of the sound, how the engineers mixing and all that. And um, I think Oliver heard... Uh, some of the stuff we were doing and uh we got a call uh you know we we ended up talking to him and you know he wanted to work with us and you know we knew our history uh if you don't know oliver lieber his dad was jerry lieber he wrote for elvis presley and a lot of uh other previous greats but um so he said yeah i want to work with you guys so the first thing we did was he had a he had a uh, licensing agreement to put a song in a movie uh michael j fox movie called bright lights big city and that was the first thing we did with Oliver, a song called Obsessed, when Michael J. Fox gets a, a bad cocaine nosebleed, probably his worst <laughs> movie. But anyway, so <laughs> once we did that, he, um, he later on told us, I got this, uh, I'm working with this choreographer out of L.A., a uh, great choreographer. She's going into music. She's going to start singing, doing her own album. She's signed to a label. We're going to write some songs for her. So um, we ended up doing... Um, as you know, opposites attract uh, forever your girl, and it's just the way that you love me. Well, opposites and and all the songs in the studio. Whenever I worked with Oliver, if it was you know um, for us or someone else, I always sang all the lead vocals. So on opposites attract, I sang the whole thing. Uh, you know, I'd sing a, a, a lead track whenever I could, and um, we thought that was it because I'm forever your girl, and it's the way that just the way uh, it's just the way that you love me. Uh, that we're background vocalists, myself and Tony Christian. So opposites, we finished it and Oliver sent it out. And he, you know, after conversations or whatever, he said, I think they're going to keep your lead vocal on it and make this a duet. And I was like, what? What do you, what do you mean? But remember now, Paula was really unknown to the music world. So right. it didn't, really didn't make a difference to me. Um, and, you know, when it came back, it was like, yeah, this, this is a hit. So basically he just popped my vocal out, popped hers in. It's kind of the answer parts. And it went on from there. And um, when I read later, I was reading later about how it came about where they decided to do the scat cat mm-hmm. compared to, cause we were supposed to be in a video. So imagine, right. Hey guys, you've got a duet with Paula. Uh, there's gotta be a video, right? And you know, opposite to track. And I don't think we were told, I think we just saw it. Wow. Right. So we saw it and it's like, wait a minute, that ain't me. <laughs> it's my voice. I don't remember doing this. And uh did I but rap as you on watched this? it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I rapping too? There was no rap when I finished it. Right. So that was done uh, after my vocal. And uh as you watch it, you just you can't be anything but amazed, like, man. And then of course I I've watched the old Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly movie, so I'm like, oh, that's where she got it from. But she's doing it. She's modernized it a little bit. So I'm like, this is great stuff. I can't complain. I'm still singing. Um, you know, I still get royalty. So I'm part of the song right. forever. And uh, after a little bit of uh, being taken aback, we we're like, yeah, this, this is good. You know, I mean, however they worked it out, they were amazing at not even 
how they did the song, but then how they did the video. So yeah, and then the video sort of mm-hmm. even served. Um, you know, it can be argued to to take the song to another level. So it kind of benefited everybody. I think in the end, uh, maybe to have the video. Um, but uh, it, I'm, I'm sure it was strange yeah. to all of a sudden be like. Hold up, we're not in the video, but there's a cartoon cat, you know, smoking cigarettes and like running around with Paul Abdul. It's weird up these stairs, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I wish I could dance like that. So it was <laughs> right. a lot of jealousies, moments, and things like that. But uh, what once we saw it, it was, you know, it, it was just undeniable. And uh, you got to admit that it was for the better, you know, just like another song we'll, we may talk about, but. It was for the better that she did it, uh, being the person who she is, the success she's had. And what's funny is you, you talk to kids nowadays and, and I'm like, yeah, uh, somebody will say, yeah, that's a guy that, that sang uh, with Paul Abdul. They'll say, who's that? And then you got to go down the list and say, you know, she was on that that uh, <laughs> music show. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I know her. So she that's- was a Laker girl. Maybe I'll remember her. <laughs> Laker guy, you know, if they're uh, a sports fan, right, that would get yeah, them too. Yeah. But. Yeah, for they sure. they wouldn't go back. But when you talk about the show she's on now, they're like, "Oh yeah, we like Paula." So <laughs> yeah, and, and she was fun to work with too. Um, you know, we did our stuff separate, so mm-hmm. we did our stuff in Minneapolis. Um, but initially, we went out to L.A. And you know, from Paula, the Wild Pair actually um, got a record deal. Yeah, um, we didn't maintain it, but from from Paula, we got a, a record deal. So we had to go out to California for about eleven months, almost a year out there, and. Yeah, we got to party with the stars and Oliver and, and hang out with Paula. And back then, you know, she was very shy and just quiet and just, you know, a nice, um, just friendly person. So, yeah, still love her to this day. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Minnesota, because I was telling JP right before we started, like it always weirds me out a little bit that Minneapolis is so associated with like the funk scene. It just doesn't scream like funk to me. You know what I mean? So it it always, it's it's always, you know, you think about like blues, you have certain cities you think about, you think about country music, you have certain cities you think about. And so it always, it always trips me out a little bit to go, Oh yeah. Funk. Obviously that's Minneapolis, but like, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, even from with Maserati and the, the, you know, the Paisley park, um, sort of crew, all that, the, the mm-hmm. Minneapolis funk uh, scene there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, going back, back to the day uh, from Milwaukee to Minneapolis. Um, so how it started was, you know, me and my buddy, Tony, we, 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 you know, we just hung out together. We did everything together. We moved to Minnesota together. Um, but before that we were going to our uh, first Prince concert. And I think the time we're open, was opening up for Prince. Okay. And this was in Chicago. So, you know, we're driving from Milwaukee to Chicago. Typical musicians and whatever, always late, always <laughs> late. And I've never seen, uh, I don't know what he had back then. It might have been a Ford Pinto, but I've never seen it go that fast before. <laughs> and shaking and rattling on the highway. So we're trying to get to the concert. Long story short, we missed it. But um, my buddy was very, you know, intuitive and creative. He's like, well, let's just go where they're hanging out. Let's go to the not even after party, the hotel, the after, uh-huh. after the gig place. And, um, we got to the hotel and we're, um, we're going in the elevator and we look up and realize, um, we're going in the elevator behind the time. So the entire group, we get on the elevator and we're behind them and we're with each other, like, you know, doing like, <laughs> wow, wow. And so they, we just rode up to their floor. We weren't going anywhere. We were trying to find Prince. So we followed the time. <laughs> Went up to their floor. We got out. All of the time members went to their uh, their rooms, right? Closed their doors. So we're hanging out. We're like, well, what are we going to do now, man? I mean, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. Let's just go back to Milwaukee. And all of a sudden, they all start coming out. And so that was their relief, I guess. They'd come out and just hang over the banister. They were way up there. Look mm-hmm. over in the atrium. And we happened to be in front of the room of Terry Lewis. And I'm sure you know Terry Lewis, sure. Jimmy Jam. So we're chit-chatting with Terry Lewis. We're like, hey, man, we're, you know, we're musicians. We're in a band called Crude Seduction. It's one of the hottest bands in Milwaukee. And we want to, you know, we want to get there like you guys. And he, after the conversation, he said, you know what? I want to do something with you guys. And we looked at each other. We said, that's it. Within two weeks, we packed up. We moved to Minneapolis. He already had a brother up there. So although we didn't stay with him, but we packed up. We moved to Minneapolis with some other musicians, tried to get some stuff happening 
But Tony met uh, Brown Mark on the, literally on the street. Really? And uh, yeah. And, and Brown Mark was putting together a group, you know, uh, in Prince's band. Um, you know, band members always talked about uh, Prince didn't like them working, you know, doing other things. Or I just think he wanted to be part of it, mm-hmm. you know. And but Mark was doing Maserati, uh, you know, in secret. And he was called himself the shadow. And, um, um, you know, so it's funny because he was, the group had a name. They were in the basement. They were still rehearsing. They had a name. They lost the guitar player. Tony, guitar player, joined the group. And somehow they lost the keyboard player. Tony talked about me. I got in the group. And it seemed like if you were, uh, if you were mixing the cake, we were like the final ingredients. Okay. And that, there's no way, um, you know, Maserati would have been what it was if we were like separate doing a Maserati. It was that group of guys that worked together. Uh, Prince got wind of it and Paisley Park was being created at the same time. And who was the first group on Paisley Park? That was Maserati. That's awesome. What a great distinction. And, That's uh, a lot of fun. Oh man, it was crazy from there. <laughs> well, we we got to ask, uh, we got to ask any, any, anybody that we talk to, we talked to a, a couple of people who've had sort of Prince associations, you know, in one way or another. So we got to ask uh, mm-hmm. if you have a favorite Prince story that you want to share with us and with the world. I guess the best story I had was Prince brought in a song to us called Kiss. And it was kind of a, um, I called it more country and Western. People will call it jazz. But it was really just country and Western and him strumming a guitar and kind of like a lazy sing along lead line. And, he said, uh, I want you guys to do something with it. And uh, I wanted to, to go on Maserati's album. And they're like, okay. Uh, so, and once again, not, not the entire band always works on the album. You know, sometimes you bring in members later. But it was myself, Tony, uh, the guitar player, lead vocalist, and then Brown Mark, and then Prince uh, out in L.A. to do the Maserati album. So he brought it in the studio, said, I want you guys to do this song. And uh we tried and we tried you know brown mark laid some bass lines down we did this uh the lead vocalist terry casey was working on it. it's like they were just saying this just isn't us man i think i think he's trying to take us down <laughs> i'm like i don't know why he would try to take his own group down but everybody got mad and they left the studio except for me tony and uh and uh david z the engineer and, you know, Tony and I, I, I think we were more amazed at working with Prince than the people that were already in Minneapolis, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, he said, work on it. We're going to work on it. Right. You, you guys can leave. Are we okay to stay in here? We're going to use up some time. It's going to cost some money. Though. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And um, we just kind of looked at uh, David Z, uh, Tony and myself, and said, let's work on it. So we started putting it together, man. I mean, we started doing that with the... Uh, the engineer uh, creating the arpeggiation even before I think it was around. Um, I sang the lead vocal. Uh, we 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 jumped on all the background vocals, and this was about five or six in the morning. So we're just singing it. Uh, I say, and it's out there, but I sang a a, a terrible, lazy five in the morning lead vocal, <laughs> and and I was trying to sound like Prince because that's how he kind of gave it to us. I'm yeah. like, he wants it to be okay. Um, so we worked till about five, five thirty, and we came back. We had to be back at like seven a.m. or seven thirty. Um, so when you walk into Sunset Sound, um, when we where we came in, you took a right was the office, and back then they had a, a pinball machine. So we'd go in there every morning, and that's how I warmed up my vocals. I played pinball. Okay. So I, we played the machine, and uh, <laughs> we were just doing it. And then I heard something. It was like a little speaker on the side, and I heard something that sounded like what we were working on, but. I was so intent on, on kicking my buddy's ass at, at pinball that <laughs> I wasn't paying a lot of attention. And I started thinking, like, somebody ripped this song off. I mean, and then I'm thinking, I, I got all these crazy thoughts, and then I hear this voice behind my back. How do you like it? <laughs> and I'm like, I turn around, it's Prince, and he's like, that's all he said, right? He didn't say much. And you had to start putting it together. Oh, this is what we did last night. This is a song. He took the vocal off. Wait, there's no bass. So we're, we're doing all this stuff. And eventually you just say, yeah, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, now, how are you going to sing on the Maserati album? 
right? Because uh-huh. it was a Maserati song. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maserati featuring Prince on this one. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, he said, how do you like it? We said, yeah. We went on the courtyard. Uh, after that, we shot some hoops. He just he hit three-pointers all day and some high <laughs> heels, kicked our butts. <laughs> <laughs> And after that, you know, we were cool. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen the Dave Chappelle episode where Prince balls all everybody in uh, in basketball. So I guess that's really a thing oh, where he man. Prince is a hooper. <laughs> was a hooper. My, and, and you're not even saying it, but my wife still talks about shirts and blouses. That's funny. That's okay. awesome. Which that's... which one were you? Which one were you, honey? Shirt or blouse? That's great. <laughs> Obviously, a hundred mph. The difference in y'all's version and the Prince version is pretty noticeable. Um, I thought on the Maserati version of that, his has got that that uh, guitar ballad intro. Um, but good good stuff there um, as a tie in there as well. There's parts of these where we just kind of uh, like uh, talk about things that we really like about the people we're talking with on your solo work. I really like signs. Uh, your upper register is really showcased there. Uh, the funky guitar and bass on it's on, uh, the song cry, uh, reminds me of a little slower version of fill me in by Craig David. Anyway, it's so good. So you've got a good, a good, uh, back catalog that I got to listen through and enjoyed before I knew we were going to get to hang out with you. Um, so that, that's something that I'll tell our listeners to check out some of the solo work that you've got going. I always love when people, um, that just motivates me, man. So I, I, I truly appreciate that. And, um, one thing I didn't mention, you know, Maserati, you know, people, people have talked about, yeah, they always talk about, well, there's this group getting back together. We tried, you know, several get back togethers and the, the only constant I feel was, was myself because I kept trying to motivate and push everybody to do it. And then there was also the, um, the, scenario where maybe some of the band thought mark was going to put it back together brown mark but um the reason i'm bringing that up is because um signs and it's on were written for maserati the 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 comeback it was going to be maserati revisited yeah and um you know the the day of the the video for it's on um i think the bass player he he just said i'm done i'm not going to do this so uh, what's funny in the video is that uh, someone's old girlfriend showed up, right, with her son, long story short. And, you know, good looking kid, you know, just had a great image and everything. I mean, he looked like a superstar, right? We threw a bass on him and we said, hey, just pretend to play the bass in that's the video. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's so <laughs> but I, I, I was watching it. And one thing that's funny is when I watched him play it, he was playing like this. Oh, yeah. And I'm like. Don't show that too much, okay? Because right. he had his hands all out like that. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't touching it. This hand wasn't moving. But it was um, <laughs> like let's get uh, in, a, you know, let's get in a little tighter on that. Like. Good headshot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's slow it down. Slow motion. Nobody will see it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was for Maserati. And uh, when they when it all failed, it was like the motivation to you know. Well, I'm glad I you had two extra it. songs for my CD. Yeah. So yeah, what can yeah. I do? I'm glad you didn't. Uh, I'm glad you didn't keep it tucked away yeah the uh and speaking of like looking the part you definitely look the part of the marley experience perfectly uh, i think it's great um i saw your uh one love video that you posted are, are you did you embrace the marley experience because you look like him or because you're truly a marley fan like were you because you could pull off the look or was it more that you really are a bob marley fan yeah well if we go way way back and, and my my friend keeps reminding me of this that you never liked Bob Marley. Remember when I was trying to get you to listen to his songs and play a song? I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't like him. I didn't understand it. I didn't like the look. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it, right? And um, not too long ago, I was, in, I was in Vegas, and a friend of mine, um, he was, his, his brother, um, or I think it was his brother, he was, doing, he, he was like the biggest Prince tribute out there. And he, my friend, would come on and he would interject Morris Day. So it was kind of cool if you saw a tribute and you see Prince, he disappears, the time, step front, you know, step up, and they disappear, Prince comes back. So that was kind of the show. And mm-hmm. in the end, we, you know, we sat down and chatted after the show, uh, you know, haven't seen it in a long time. Um, he said, yeah, I'm thinking about really doing a Lenny Kravitz thing. and Somewhere the Bob Marley thing popped up, you know, just just looking at me and uh, but I didn't have a beard and that's a whole a beard mustache. I was face hairless <laughs> <laughs> and that that popped up. And, and um, I think my wife was talking about it. And I'm like, OK, so he said, OK, 
So let's do Lenny and, and Bob and let's take that on tour, you know, as a, a tribute thing. And I'm like, okay. So I get my butt in gear and I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I'm studying, I'm trying to do everything. And I don't hear from this guy. So I'm like, well, I put all this time into it. Why not move forward with it? And thus the Bob Marley tribute began. I I just, I dove into him like a a warm swimming pool. You know, I just, (laughs) all the knowledge, I started studying him. I mean, and in the end, what I like best about Bob is the message. I think he's got one of the greatest messages of any artist you can put out there. I don't care who you put up against him, but you know, his, his music was all about life. Uh, unfortunately, it was about some of the hard times he was seeing back in his day, but it's still life and it, and it still um, applies to today, you know, and, and his whole thing was, I'm trying to uplift you. I'm going to give you all these stories. Um, like I have a song called uh, Bad Situation. Now, my wife doesn't love it, right? <laughs> but she doesn't understand the meaning. See, in the end, the bad situ- situ- in, in the end of the bad situation, it says, I can change. So it's just a guy down on his life, you know, and just everything's hitting him left and right. He's getting haymakers. And, but in the end, he can change. So I, I compare that to the same thing as far as, you know, uh, Bob talks about all that stuff. But he's really saying, you know, one love, guys. We can do this. Right. We can make it happen. So. Um, I always say, you know, like when people, I, I do a lot of my own shows, um, you know, Bob is a 90 minute set. So it's not like, a, um, you know, like I don't perform with like local bands that much. It's usually my show. It's a lot of casinos and private events, but, um, I, I always say to myself, um, like people will mention putting me on a reggae festival. I'm like, you can, but these guys are their own artists, right? I'm coming with all hits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't care. And I'm trying to perform like the guy that did all of these hits. So I'm like, you can put me on it if you want, but I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of that, that look like, you know, imitating the great or, but yeah, princess tributes are just killing the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just, they're so Every guy I talk to, yeah, I'm in the, the best, Prince tribute band there is. I'm like, well, you're number ten, right? Okay. Yes, yeah, the, really good. The, the, the tenth best, best or you the first? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I really enjoy Bob. It's it's most of my my musical work outside of you know working in the studio. Mm, great. What's so? What's on the horizon for you? What can we look forward to uh, coming from you in the coming months and even the next you know next year or two? I'm, I'm glad you asked. Outside of um, right now, I'm signed with uh, Wolf Entertainment. It's a label out of uh, Germany slash France. And, uh, so working on my next single, um, putting out my first, uh, CD with those guys. So that's happening. Um, I'm also working on a podcast (laughs) TV show. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be about, um, uh, a TV series. It's going to be about living with, uh, schizophrenia. I have that, uh, that scenario lurking within my family and, We, we just see so many things that we're like, we got to make something of this. So yeah. uh, my wife and I are, are putting together functioning and, and we're going to uh, start out with a little podcast and we're going to uh, start working on a, some type of mini TV series and, uh, you know, hopefully it gets picked up. Yeah. And uh, outside of that, uh, you know, just always keeping my hands in music, uh, working on licensing music and stuff like that. So great. Well, we will that's definitely awesome. spread oh, the yeah. word uh, yeah. when we hear that you have those things out and about. Yeah, so best we, of luck with all that. Yeah. Um, there's one thank question you. that we ask everybody. Uh, thank you so much. You've been so so fun. It's been great. Thank you for your time. Uh, so you're on tour, mm-hmm. um, either doing your solo stuff or doing the Marley experience, whatever. You're on tour, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of your answer, I'll tell you mine. I get a, a Three Musketeers bar. When I was growing up, my mom would say, oh. you can have any candy bar you want, and that's the most ounces. So I get a Three Musketeers you're, you're bar. You're being bad. What is your gas <laughs> you're being bad. snack food of choice? <laughs> yeah, and, and think about it. So I, um, I'm, I'm kind of a snowbird. So I'm in Phoenix. Uh, try to avoid Minneapolis, but uh, we have a presence there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2019, COVID hit, and I drove my truck. So we spent the summer in Minneapolis. Uh, so gas station after gas station, sure. <laughs> uh, number one is easily, um, uh, ranch flavored sunflower seeds. Okay. That's oh, there we go. That's one. a good answer. That's a- number one. The salt keeps me up. I can't get enough in my mouth, so I'm not overeating. There you go. Uh, but after that, 
After that is the uh, the uh, honey barbecue corn chips. So okay. Okay. My favorite. Double yeah. salty snack. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go. What, with- what about both of you? I, I've heard yours. What about you? Oh, Rob, what's <laughs> well, your? Well, uh, see, mine, if uh, just a normal day, it's I'm probably going Snickers or Reese's. That's, you know, you can oh, tell looking at me, I'm not really around. grabbing the sunflowers <laughs> seeds as much as I probably should. So, uh, I'm I'm going for that some something sweet probably. Oh man, I've got a Snickers sweet tooth. Well, I just wanted to give you give you yeah, I wanted to give you guys this information. Uh, you can reach me at onegunentertainment.com. Right. Uh, you can also send me stuff at info at onegun.com. Okay. And one gun is all one word. Uh, if you want to get on the mailing list or you know war- know where I'm performing next, uh, I've got a quiet little spot called the uh, the G Spot Lounge. Okay. Okay. Stay tuned for that. It'll be streamed. Uh, I'm going to save you guys the stuff and put you on the list so you know what I'm doing. And hopefully awesome. uh, I'll just see you at a concert one day. Maybe yeah. I'll come your way. There you hey, go. That'll be great. Next time you're in Nashville, yeah, hit us up. Nashville we'll go area. get some sunflower seeds. We'll yes. stay in touch. Awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Drop us a line. We'll, we'll try to meet you up. Meet up. Yeah. Great. All right, man. Thanks, thanks man. so much for great. joining us. All the best. Talk to you soon. Yeah, great meeting you guys, man. All the best to you as well. Keep it rocking, okay? All right, hey, me too. We'll thanks. See. Have a good one. All right. Take care. Yeah. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was one gun from the wild pair. I mean, that guy, we told you he was cool. He's freaking cool. He is very cool. And, and I, we got to see him. I was going to say. Like, we can see how cool he is with yeah. his awesome hair. Yeah. Dude, that guy's awesome. He's still just a very cool dude. So thanks to Marvin for joining us. And uh, thanks to you for listening. Yeah. Season 10 is rocking on. We got one more showcase left in August. 80s August has been oh, incredible. Man, what a doozy. We guys. got another another classic coming for you next week. So I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait to record it, frankly. We're, oh, we're about man. to record it. So we'll see you guys next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music.